everybody, welcome to the Weird World Podcast. My name's Gary. Okay, Gary, stop being so aggressive. It's kind of forceful for your introductions. It's forceful? Yeah, it is. <laughs> I'm Emma. I'm Dean. I'm Aaron. You can't probably can't tell Aaron and Emma apart because they sound exactly like, <laughs> but we'll try. Uh, we could pretend... To have multiple kids on the podcast and just have one mm-hmm. kid. Are really committed. Announce your name before you speak every single time. That'd be that sounds oh, horrible. Terrible idea. <laughs> so Dean, what are you gonna talk about today? Carrie, I'm going to talk about something weird in a place that's a little bit strange on its own self. Ooh. <laughs> that is Okay. That's the best sentence you've it's a good ever sentence. said. It's a quality sentence. Compound Wait. weirdness. Yes, it like is. A well, a little bit. It's a little bit strange on its own self. On its own <laughs> self is a well-known phrase. Well, where this uh, story takes place, that's what people say. It's on the Isle of Man, where they say things like on its own self. Oh, Isle of Man? The Isle of Man. You ever heard of it? Yeah. No. I'm Niche. guessing it's in the, in the, like, is it by, like, Scotland? Yes. GeoGuessr. I'm so smart. Context I'm clues. It's Philippines? <laughs> it's 221 square miles. That's 572 square kilometers. And it's more or less a part of the United Kingdom, but not really? entirely so. You don't sound very sure about anything you're saying. Are they sure about it? You can tell by my uptalk that I'm not completely sure what's going on. Yeah, I always hear about people from there having issues with like shipping stuff or stuff not being available to get shipped to the aisle. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm -hmm. You're shipping things to the Isle of Man or hearing about people shipping to the Isle of Man? Because that seems a little scary. People are like, oh, I love this, but they don't ship to where I live. Uh Where the fuck do you live, white bitch? (laughs) Like Isle of Man. (laughs) Is that what you say? You say... Yeah. Okay. That's how the internet <laughs> is. Is that how it works? It is a self-governing British Crown dependency situated in the Irish Sea between Wales and Ireland. That's so complicated. It is. It's sort of independent, but not. Yeah. The, hmm. Basically, the UK kind of handles like their defenses, their finances, but otherwise they kind of leave do their them own alone thing. and they're semi-independent. Okay. In not a weird bad. way. They're white, so we yeah. let them do what they want. Yes. That's, that's <laughs> how it works. Yeah. There are, yeah, because that's how it worked in Ireland and <laughs> well, Scotland. Hey, they and Wales said, you along. talk a little too funny. That's where we draw the line. <laughs> Actually, they speak kind of a Celtic language. They, an ancient Celtic language. Still a few people on, a few of the Manx speak that language to this day. They, they, got, have they all, got cute cats there. They have bred a tailless okay. cat there, too. Another yeah. strangeness about this place. It's been inhabited for over 9,000 years. It was wow. cut off by the rising seas following the, I guess, the recession of the last ice age. Here's my favorite part. The Manx flag. You ever seen the Manx flag? Go no. look it up right now, people listening. What does it look like? It's What's, three, how do you spell it? Uh, the Manx, M-A-N-X. Oh. The Isle of Man is just M-A-N. Oh. It's of like three bent legs, kind of all, they, they connect at the hip in the middle of the flag, so they're outward in kind of sort oh. of kicking, almost like a kind of swastika-like leg wheel. Well, oh. yeah. it's not. I mean, it's not swastika, but it's, if you look yeah. at it, because they're all bent, so it's, it's weird. Geometric, you know, shape. Kind it's of pretty vibe. cool, actually. I think it is cool. And now I see the swastika comparison. Yeah, uh, it is a little bitish. A little bitish. Oh yeah, not intentionally. Again, this has nothing to do. It probably predates that. I have no idea. But uh, no, fucking, well, opposite sides of the world. Sort of I bet it does actually. VRBO vacation rentals has. Vacation rentals on Isle of Man. Okay, that's, that's what's up. It's a great tidbit. Thank you. <laughs> but you can't get anything shipped there, so you're screwed. That's horrible. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll show a picture of the flag on cool our though. social media. The Irving family had lived on the Isle of Man for 15 years when we begin our story in 1931. Okay. Mm-hmm. 
The family consisted of the parents named James and Margaret. They were 58 and 54 respectively, and they had a 12 or maybe 13-year-old daughter named Vori. I'm going to say Vori. No idea if that's how you pronounce it. Vori. V-O-I-R-R-E-Y. Don't know. I don't know if it's old that's Max Celtic, it. so it's probably yeah. Stephanie. Because <laughs> yeah. 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 No way of knowing. So I'm going to say Vori. Don't know. Probably not right. Sorry, Vori, who is dead, but sorry. <gasps> Spoiler? The, Shit. Uh, this is 1931. Oh, okay. She's alive. So, <laughs> the Nobody Irvings, from 1931 is alive now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure now. They lived in an old wooden farmhouse. That Actually, I'm sorry. It's an old stone farmhouse. It's different than a wooden farmhouse mm-hmm. because it's harder. Mm-hmm. And the farmhouse had a name, Dorlish Cashin, which is a little weird because it's just, it's all pictures of it. It's just kind of a small two-story squat little stone home mm-hmm. in a, this kind of barren, grassy landscape. I don't know. Do you really need to name that little house? So what? I, I don't know. You said you could gatekeep house names. I can't. You're right. <laughs> that was greedy of me. <laughs> it was only a few miles from the village of Dalby, but it had no drivable road to it, so it's kind of hard to get to. Wait, Dalby's okay. surround sound? Dalby. No, Dalby. D-A. A L B Y, oh, okay. yeah, nothing to do with surround sound, as far I as I know. Ooh, is it really the originator? Hang on. <laughs> yes, Carrie's making a stop. Voda. Voda. Is that an F or V or T H or say again? Voda. 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 Okay. Can, that we can't can I just say Vora? Can I just sure. do that and not say Vora? Sure. Okay, Vora. Vora is our heroine of this story. That's what's up. Our story starts with just a little tap, tap, tap on the walls inside this cozy little farmhouse. So is something inside the walls, the family thinks? They hear some scurrying sounds. Do a scurry sound, Carrie. No. Carrie's been saying no today more, and I don't don't like it. I'm not a fan. It's my new thing. Yeah, I don't. It's (laughs) not good. You're supposed to say yes and. Uh Then they heard scratching sounds. Something was definitely running free inside the walls of the old farmhouse, possibly between the wooden paneling and the stone. So stone house, but they had I, I I'll find out you'll find out later, double wooden paneling with some gaps in it too. So there could be something essentially inside the walls, even though the outer part of the wall is stone. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. They thought, okay, it's rats, it's mice, something like that, right? So they laid out some traps, but nothing sprang those traps. Still. More noises, more scurrying. And then James thought, you know what I'll do? I'll frighten away the creatures in the walls, but I'll growl at them. Oh. I'll get right up close to the wall and growl growl at them. And and that'll get rid of them, right? I mean, pretty foolproof. Uh Uh-uh. Whatever is behind those walls growled right back at James. (gasps) Oh, that would be scary. That would be kind of scary. I would shit my pants. Yeah. You growled at the wall, and the thing that's been just kind of scurrying around and tapping all of a sudden growled back at you, not cool. I would poop myself. Yeah. I I just did now. (laughs) Just relating the story. So this visitation didn't seem very fun. The creature started banging on the walls. It started hissing and screeching, and then it started laughing in a, quote, satanic way. Ooh. Put Uh-oh. the family completely on edge. Mm-hmm. There's no way God was involved in that. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Would God mm-hmm. scratch and piss? I don't think so. In fact, initially the family thought that their guests might be trying to scare them out of the farmhouse, kind of Scooby-Doo, Scooby-Doo style. Scooby-Doo. Yeah. Like, okay, trying to get us out. We're not leaving. I don't know why they thought that. Again, yeah. didn't 
look all that super attractive to me. Didn't actually have a road to the farmhouse either, so but they thought someone's trying to scare us out. We're not leaving. Still, it started hissing. The hisses and, and barks became growls and screeches. And then these noises graduated to something they called, quote, vocal noises. Vocal. Oh. A little bit okay. talky-like, right? Yeah. Still, they, they never saw any source of these apparent sounds, right? And then eerily, by the end of 1931, the thing had evolved into these, uh, I guess, mewling noises that sounded something like a crying baby oh, to God. the family. Well. So it's just getting more evolved over the course of 1931. And spooky. And spooky, for sure. Yeah. His okay. screeks, yeah. and now it's now it sounds a little bit like a crying baby. A crying, I presume they meant a human baby, I assume. Yeah. Maybe. For some reasons, the, the Irvings could still not figure out what was making the noises, and they thought, okay, now they're thinking, maybe, is it a ferret? Is it a dog? Or is it a baby? I'm not saying mm. they were logical about these guesses, mm. but none of those make a lot of sense. But they're kind of expanding their horizons. Like, what the hell is in our walls of this house? Kind of like the sound of things we hear rolling around in our car. That's true. <laughs> that's but it doesn't there. sound like a crying baby, so that's no. key. That would but be it moves scary. around. It does That'd move around. That'd be funny. You hear a little thunk. Take a turn. In the doors crying. of the car. Not good. Not good. Oh, sorry, baby. Sorry, <laughs> ghost baby in a door of our car. <laughs> The family noticed that the thing was, that was haunting their walls was learning from them. It appeared to be learning from them. It would mimic the sounds that they made sometimes. So, Vora. What was it again? Oh, God. Vora. Vora. Okay, sorry. That's not it. And later, the rest of the family began speaking directly to the thing. And quickly, it seemed to try to sort of mimic those words. The family thought that, okay, maybe the mimicry was the creature learning human language. Oh, my Lord. Some kind of bird or something like that. Maybe. <laughs> I don't, they never guessed bird that I saw. They, they thought, okay, maybe those first sort of gurgled baby noises were the creature's first attempts at language. And now, like, like a baby, it was sort of learning to speak. Are they thinking super, some kind of, well, if they were thinking demon or whatever. Yeah. Right, they, well, they said baby satanic laugh, laughter. Baby yeah. demon would be cool. Baby yeah. demon. Mm. Vora decided, you know what? I'm going to read nursery rhymes to it, this baby thing, monster, ghost creature in our walls, and see what happens. <laughs> hey, that's not a bad idea. I know, it's not. Vora was actually pretty smart <laughs> in this course. She then read him some nursery rhymes, and miraculously, the thing repeated the words back to her. Oh. That is to say, the thing in their walls spoke to them. Wow. And it did sound a strange, high-pitched voice, but they said his words were completely understandable by this point. Every family member said, yeah, no, we heard that thing speaking from the walls of our house. Huh. Still, they had no idea what they were speaking to. But thankfully, that was all cleared up when the wall thing told the family all about itself. He said, my name's Jeff. <laughs> J, I'm sorry, G-E-F. Jeff. G-E-F. And I'm a mongoose. Well, he, oh, he could spell, too. Wait, he could spell. Are you being Jeff? for real right now? I, you know, he must be able to spell it because they always spell his name G-E-F, Jeff. Wow. Well, okay. He okay. said, I'm Jeff. I'm a mongoose. In fact, I'm an 80-year-old mongoose. I am oh. Jeff the talking mongoose. And we are now telling the story of need, Jeff the talking mongoose. I need to oh. look up what a mongoose well, looks like. this story just took a turn. It did. So they were kind of close with ferret. <laughs> they weren't that far off at all with ferret. Yeah. That was the closest one. Oh, what the fuck? Okay. Are you looking at a picture of mongoose? Yes. We'll put some pictures of mong mongoose up on also, our social media as mon well. Not far with demon. That's also a very close guess. Yeah. Yes. 
Mongoose, they're the ones that eat snakes, right? They mm-hmm. do indeed. Yeah. Yes. Where famously. do they originate? India, Asia. Oh. Okay. So, so not Isle of Isle Man. Of Man. <laughs> makes perfect sense. Yeah. There. Sure. Absolutely. Quote, for years, this is Jeff talking, by the way. Okay. For years, I could understand all that was said. I tried to talk, but couldn't until you taught me. Oh, okay. nice. He said that to Vara. So still the family thought, okay, this is some kind of manifestation. Is, is, is it some kind of spirit or ghost? I don't think there's really a mongoose inside of our walls. I, you know, The name that the local media, when they first found out about this, applied to Jeff by reporter was the Dolby Spook. So and Dolby, again, was the nearest town. So he, the, the thinking here early on, at least, was some kind of a ghost, some kind of yeah. a spirit. Maybe he just says I'm a mongoose, but okay. I don't know. It's a wacky ghost. He's a wacky, crazy mm. ghost. He was also a bit of a dick. Mm. Kind of in the beginning, he was not super nice. He remember he he hissed and he growled back at them first. He wasn't, he yeah. wasn't super friendly. His voice was not only high pitched but almost sort of aggressive. And he once told the family early on, "quote I am the ghost in the form of a weasel, and I shall haunt you." Oh, so fuck now yeah. apparently he's a ghost, but in the form yeah. of a weasel. Although he's always called Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Okay. It, the confusion is not going to end there. Yeah. Jeff was obnoxious. He could even be mean. Once when James, the father, was opening the morning paper and he started glancing at the articles, Jeff yelled, read it out, you fat-headed gnome. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, I love that. I'm on Jeff's side. Fat-headed gnome. Another time Jeff said, I have been to nicer homes than this. Carpets, pianos, satin covers, and polished tables. I'm going back there. Ha, ha, ha. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that wow. Was, that was so Jeff. Bougie asshole. He That's was. what's up. <laughs> he was. No satin covers. What the fuck? I'm out. So, still, you know, you put up with a lot of stuff when you have a talking mongoose in your house, in your sure. walls, I think I would, and that may or may not be a kind of a ghost, so the Irvings kind of settled in with Jeff. Over time, Jeff told him his story. Oh, my God. What? This is the genesis of Jeffrey Star. Jeffrey Star? <laughs> is yeah. That? He was sprung up from a fisher from hell. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who Jeffrey Star is. I'm not going to lie. human yeah, language is a mongoose. <laughs> He, Jeff said his story was that he was born in New Delhi in India mm-hmm. in 1852. So like I said, he's about 80 years wow, old. Wow, he's old as shit. Yeah, he is. Avora was most tuned in with Jeff. How old was she again? She was 12 or 13. Oh, okay. I, I think when she started, she was 12, but she turned 13 and 31. So the entire family, though, again, would eventually say they saw the creature, but often it was in fleeting glimpses. Vora got better looks, and so she described Jeff as having a yellowish fur and about the size of a rat or a large rat with a big bushy tail. Okay. Jeff said he was a, quote, an extra clever mongoose. So Vora's description kind of, you know, it more or less describes a mongoose. They, I don't know if you, again, we'll show pictures of it, but they can look a little bit like a meerkat. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they have a bushy tail. They're kind of like weasels. Yeah, they're very yeah. weasel-like. They're life. Yeah. Um, they have... Often, they usually have thick fur, though, and, and fairly narrow heads. Mm-hmm. And again, a, kind of a reasonably, a reasonably bushing tail, bushy tail in some of the species. They're a different family, though, than the weasels entirely. They have rectangular pupils like Satan and goats. Oh. And, of course, <laughs> as you know, they're famous snake killers. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. They have a, some of the, the, the mongoose, the Indian mongoose, has a special mutation that protects them against the venom of even the deadly king cobra. Yeah. The, when you look up... You know, images of mongoose, yeah. an image that says King Cobra versus mongoose, mongoose pops yeah. up. And, and King Cobras can get 18, 19 feet long. Yeah. They kill 
I, I think hundreds of people a year yeah. in India. Yeah. They wow. kill a lot of people. And that may be no gross joke. exaggerated. I have no idea. But I know they kill quite a few people. Yes, very venomous. Do. And these mongoose will like, bring it. Let's go. I'm going to eat you. Yeah. That's what they say. When they speak. Yeah. Which they, apparently they, they do. Yeah. One, one could. They're the yeah. biggest, I think, venomous snake. Yeah. In Cobra. That's right. Yeah. Jeff appeared, though, to be more than just a mongoose. He was kind of magical. He oh. could do a little bit of a lot of things. He's very skilled. Why, <laughs> but he's not skilled at getting out of the wall, right? No, he's I been out of the wall. They Remember, they've seen him. They've oh. described him. Yeah. But it's uh, just in little leading moments. Little, yeah. yeah. Uh, again, Vara seems to have seen him a little better. We'll find out in a minute that, okay. in, indeed, he lives in her bedroom. But oh. one reporter cataloged Jeff's skills. He said the creature bragged that he, quote, had an intimate knowledge of various makes of motor cars. And took a great interest therein and in flying and often spent days studying the latest machines. I guess he means airplanes. He could play ball. He coughed in a matter which was absolutely human. <laughs> <laughs> He's also talking reporter. So he had killed 118 rabbits. Okay. But God, well, if I do that, <laughs> I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm weird. He was careful not to do it out of season. So it's a no. law abider. He was also something of, of an arithmetician, and he could transform himself into a cat. So ah. Jeff could also speak many languages, including French, English, German, Yiddish, Spanish, Flemish, and Hebrew. He's kind of a Renaissance mongoose, frankly. Sure. But also kind of a ghost shape-shifting spirit creature of a sort. He seemed to have a soft spot for Vora because he more or less lived in her bedroom. So she had this bedroom, and in the corner of the bedroom was sort of a built-in, like an alcove. I've seen mm-hmm. pictures of it. I still don't know what the hell the use of it was. And it kind of slopes down. It doesn't reach the whole top, the top of the wall. So there's some space above it. And he was said to live in that little built-in alcove kind of a thing. Huh. I, I don't know. It's not super, super clear. She called it his sanctum. And Jeff kind of focused on Vora. Enough so that eventually the parents got a little creeped out, plus a little scared because Jeff could seem a little dangerous. Mm-hmm. Quote, on account of Jeff's menacing attitude, threats, and stone throwing... Oh. We decided for safety's sake, this is the dad, to remove Vara's bed into our room and proceeded to do so. Whilst dismantling the bedstead, Jeff, who was behind the wainscot, which is this alcove thing, he screamed, stormed, and threatened what he would do to us. The voice was absolutely full of malice, hatred, and spleen, and he was striking the wainscot with his fist with the greatest violence. When the removal had been completed, in a high-pitched voice, fairly trembling with rage, he screamed out, I'll follow her wherever you move her. Vora stayed in, in her room with Jeff. Wow. They gave That's up the very Vora. weird. So he was very insistent that they not move Vora. He was attached. Yeah, weirdo he was behavior. Yeah. Emotional he just... support mongoose. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shit. No, she took she on planes. Was his emotional support human. Oh, he just could append his shit. <laughs> <laughs> he took her on planes then, I guess. <laughs> Along with his emotional support pheasant. Was Jeff physical, I guess? That's a key question of this whole thing. Was he really truly corporeal? Was he, he even called himself a spirit sometimes, but then he would you know, act like he wasn't and be seen and be, and be photographed. Him? And yes, they did. We'll, we'll find out about that in a minute. So eventually all the members of the family said they had seen Jeff with their own eyes. James described the creature much like Barra. He said, quote, a little animal resembling a stoat, a ferret, or a weasel, yellow in color with a body about nine inches long. Its long bushy tail is speckled with black, which sounds a lot like what Barra said. Mm-hmm. He also at one point showed his, quote, hands on this, the sloping wall of the alcove. I've seen the picture of that, and they don't look like hands. They look kind of like plaster. Mm. But uh. still, they, they, that's him manifesting as, as an apparent real thing. 
but he also can seem magical. So one time Jeff, I'm sorry, James was sitting at the window of the house, just kind of, I don't know, watching the world go by, and he <laughs> saw a cat outside. This is his story, right? That was their TV. Yeah. <laughs> a TV was a window. Scary. He sees a cat outside and he goes, you know, we don't have a cat. And this cat seems kind of big. He seems bigger than a normal house cat. And then he notices it was striped like a tiger. So he calls Vora over and he says, look at this cat. And she agreed, yeah, it's pretty big. And it also, she thought, had a strange bulldog-like head, which, again, didn't seem very cat-like. James knew about the whole Max Taylor's cat, and he thought, he said, this was not that. I'm sure of that. He, he felt, you know, maybe it's just some kind of weird-looking, normal, domestic, feral cat. So that meant it was time to go get his gun. That's what you do on farms, apparently. Uh, he grabbed a shotgun, just thinking I'm going to chase it off the yard, chase it away, right? But then things got weird. Here's what James said. The cat was a little ahead of me, but easily within range, and it turned through an open gateway into a grass field. I was there a few seconds behind and fully expected to see the cat, but no cat could be seen. Look as I liked. The field was level, and there was not a bush or any roughness where he could have hidden, and the hedges were all earth or sod hedges, as they are called here. It's all one sentence, by the way. Mm. James, James, break it up, bro. (laughs) I detailed my experience to my wife on her return that night when Jeff called out, it was me you saw, Jim. So Jeff's, Jeff's messing. With, yeah. with James and, and calls him Jim. Seems a little familiar, in my opinion. <laughs> kind of disrespectful. Yeah, he was a little bit. Does he go by James? Or does he, <sighs> he go might, by Jim? I don't think does. so. Maybe his friends call him Jim. I don't know. just call him Fat-Faced Gnome. Yes. <laughs> Fat-Headed Gnome. Fat-Headed So Jeff was real, but he was something different, too. The family described Jeff differently at different times, also. The family described Jeff differently <laughs> at different times. And again, remember Jeff called himself a mongoose. Yeah. But he didn't seem to even be able to keep his story straight. Once he said, quote, I'm a freak. I have hands and I have feet. And if you saw me, you'd faint. You'd be petrified, mummified, turned into stone or a pillar of salt. So he's got his Bible quotes down. But- uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's very theatric. Yeah. He, mm-hmm. descri- he described, yeah, he is. He, he said he's merely an extra, extra clever mongoose. But the other times he said he was much more, he also implied that he had like telekinetic or, or some kind of immense power. He said, quote, I'll split the atom. I am the fifth dimension. I am the eighth wonder of the world. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Yeah, very dramatic. I am the moment. That's what he's <laughs> he's doing. a dramatic ghost. I am the moment. Messy as bitch, he lives for drama. <laughs> <laughs> he claimed to have magical abilities or some kind of clairvoyance, but they apparently required some kind of invisible technology because he once told Margaret, the wife, he asked about her husband's long absence. You know, James had been gone. I'm sorry. Hold on. Margaret asked Jeff, you know, Jim's been gone a long time. <laughs> so she's talking to the ghost mongoose in her house. That's not, not a good sign. Jeff responded, quote, I don't know. I've not got my magic phones on. Don't know oh. what that means. But so that implies I could know if I had my magic phones. Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah, that's weird. But mostly Jeff seemed, I mean, pretty mundane. He was throwing things and not making noises. The family told stories of Jeff. He would he would sleep with Vara in her room, often in the sanctum. But sometimes he would eat with them on bacon and sausages. And I'm also assuming baked beans and tomatoes and other shit that passes for an English yeah. breakfast. But he was a troublemaker. Again, he threw stones. He killed rabbits. He sang dirty songs. And he changed the lyrics Ooh. to be dirty to the tune of Home on the Range. <laughs> 
He was a little stinker. He was. A little scammy. He's a little scammy. He had a kind of transactional ethos, too. He told James, quote, if you are kind to me, I will bring you good luck. If you are not kind, I will kill all your poultry. (laughs) I love him. I'm a fan. Yeah. I can get them wherever you put them. I love it. Wow. Wow. Energy you give me is the energy I give you. (laughs) He added, quote, you don't know what damage or harm I could do if I I were roused. I could kill you all, but I won't. This is Jeff. Jeff was, wow. Jeff could be unpleasant. Yeah, yeah, he is. He is. I don't think he meant that. I don't ha, think he Have we he not had an Josh animated in. children's movie made out of this thing? About Jeff? Yeah. That'd be good. Because that would be horrible. That would nah, be, be appropriate. Awesome. Come on, well. Jeff. Oh, my God. It'd be great. They should do an adult sure. animation show. Well, there is kind of a character arc here because eventually he grew kind of protective of hmm. the Irving family. Okay. Particularly Vora. He he killed rabbits, as we mentioned. Sometimes he'd lay them out like cats do. Like, you guys don't seem to be having a lot of food. Here's some food for you. It's for the family. You're welcome. He would put out their doorstep for them to eat. After threatening James about uh, killing the livestock, he later offered to kill the livestock of any other family on the island that pissed off James. That's nice. That is nice. Jeff could even help out in a pinch. Once he bragged about chasing all the mice out of the house. Like, you're welcome again. And then once he also warned them that a neighbor was on the way over. I don't know what that means. Like, like pretend you're not here. But uh-huh. it's like, hey, hey, that guy you don't like is on the way over. He once turned off the stove when they forgot to turn off the stove. Oh. And he would often wake them up when they overslept. Ooh. Neither schedule. Hey. <laughs> the family did leave food out for him, like you mentioned. And sometimes they'd hang it on a plate from the ceiling for him. I'm not sure why. I think it was to, you know see just how magical he was or maybe see if they could see him oh. come out and get it. Yeah. But, you know, so it's not super nice what they're doing, but they would feed him and and apparently have sausage and bacon with him. And eventually Jeff finally became branched. He branched out. He So it wasn't just uh, uh, the Voras, I'm sorry, the Irvings that saw Jeff. Jeff supposedly communicated with others on the island and he would bring back gossip to the Irving house to dish. <laughs> and uh, that, yes, they said, how did you get around you know, did he scurry around? He said, no, thank you. Uh, I took the bus. Oh, <laughs> okay. So. But critically, this means that other people on the island claim to have seen Jeff other than the Irvings. A 10-year-old boy said he saw, quote, a little yellow animal with fluffy fur and a black tip at the end of his tail. He was close to the edge of the field and running very fast, unquote. A 16-year-old girl named Doris Cashian, she spotted Jeff crossing a road. And again, she said that he had a little kind of yellow furry thing with a bushy tail. The postman for the island said he heard Jeff speak. Quote, the first words were hard to understand, but once I got used to it, I could follow every word. I would say that the voice is a full octave higher than the human voice. There is no doubt in my mind that I heard Jeff. He did not use very nice language. Put the bloody gramophone on is a fair example of his choice bits. <laughs> said the postman. So he was a, uh, you know, he was uh, a mean, not, again, I guess not, he doesn't sound, I, well, sometimes he's not mean. He did threaten to kill James. Sure, yeah. Other times he's just sort of, just kind of a dick, kind of an a-hole, but, you yeah. know, in a cute way. Sure. A friend of James's said, his name is Charles Morrison, said he heard Jeff speak on two occasions. On one of these occasions, Jeff warned, quote, tell Arthur, who was Morrison's son, not to come. He doesn't believe. I won't speak if he does come. I'll blow his brains out with a 3D cartridge. I don't know what a 3D cartridge is. I guess he means a shotgun. 
Oh. And maybe, I, maybe it means third cartridge. I swear to God, that's what it said in the stars. I had just said 3D mm. cartridge. But anyway, huh. he threatened to kill his son if he came over. Boy. Not cool. If no. he came over that's because mean. that son was not a believer. We'll circle back on that. Yeah. <laughs> Soon the local gossip around Dalby it dispersed. And remember, remember he, so he became kind of an island thing. He became a big deal. And everyone knew, okay, those Irvings have something. Yeah. The Dalby spook is haunting their house. And it kind of made its way into the local Max media in 1932. The first media report outside of the Isle Man was later in 1932 from the Daily Dispatch in Manchester. The headline was, Man Weasel Mystery Grips Island. Queerest <laughs> Beast Talks to Daily Dispatch Reporter. <laughs> yeah. I love that. It was pretty favorable, too. The reporter wrote, quote, Had I heard a weasel speak? I do not know. But I do know that I have heard today a voice which I should never have imagined could issue from a human throat. That the people who claim it was the voice of a strange weasel seem sane, honest, and responsible folk and not likely to indulge in a difficult, long, drawn-out, and unprofitable practical joke to make themselves the talk of the world. And that others have had the same experience as myself. Again, they did not know how to punctuate in the 1930s, yeah. but you get the sense. It was mm -hmm. actually, he scoured the island and said he talked to people who said, yep, we've seen Jeff, we've talked wow. to Jeff. And <laughs> yeah. he thought those people were very reasonable people. Yeah, well. <laughs> <clears throat> You're not buying a care? That there was a talking we uh, Well. Stranger uh, things have stranger happened. Stranger things have mm -hmm. happened. Such Carrie. as? Uh, a talking hedgehog. A talking hedgehog would be even weirder than a talking mongoose. Are you talking about Mrs. Tiggy Winkle? Because she wasn't really real. Uh, how about Sonic? Um, oh, <laughs> Sonic. <laughs> Sonic, yes. Sonic, Knuckles, and Tails. Boom. Okay. Well, the, yeah, once a kid, uh, don't know what the fuck Tails is because he flies. Or, yeah. <laughs> Words. Oh. Word spread out, and <laughs> Jeff became an international phenomenon. It was a big story for a while. The tabloids. <laughs> Ate Jeff up. They loved oh, it. Sure. They were already cool. turning, you know, unusual and paranormal things to appeal to the gullible. Yeah. And then, you know, sensation seekers and the bored and the curious of Jeff would have been absolutely huge today, I feel like. Today, I, I today Jeff would probably have attracted several teams of, you know, investigators with their fleer can't heat seeking cameras and the yeah. electronic signal sensors and things like that that suggest to the gullible that there's any kind of method behind the theatrics. Discovery Channel would, I'm positive, have at least two shows on it. But in 1932, Jeff attracted Harry Price. Oh. You right, me, might Harry remember Price? Harry Price from episode <laughs> about the ghost girl of Romania. And I think we talked. Yeah. Oh, and. um. The haunted house in England, uh, the most haunted house in the world. Yeah, which I'm totally. Wah, wah, ha, ba, la, la, ba. The um, starts with a B. Borley Rectory. Yep. So we've we've talked about Harry Price a couple times on this show. Here's a third time because he went to investigate mm. Jeff the Talking Mongoose. He's, he's a recurring character. Yes, he is. The <laughs> lore. <laughs> He's one of those actors you, you know you recognize, but you can't quite place, and he does good work. <laughs> he was, at the time, the world's foremost spook hunter. He would for sure be on Discovery Channel today. He would travel the world yep. investigating endless mysteries. He would never find anything that even sniffed like real evidence, yet he would continue on season after season, failing upward. Like I'm not going to say the person's name, but there's a guy like that who's just awful. He Ooh. would undoubtedly wear a fedora, I'm sure. That guy who does those... Josh something who does the shows in Discovery Channel where they just they they he's been on for many seasons they go all over the world like ghost hunters not ghost only 
They've the done guy, that, but he doesn't. The does guy anything. who has the Haunted Museum in Vegas? No, not oh. that douchebag. A different guy. Okay, okay. Um, there's a lot of them. But yeah, there, there's <laughs> tons. Of them. And you know, they never find anything. They never, the only ones I just, respect are this. This is a duo that started out on YouTube, and their names are Ryan and Shane, and they do a show called Unsolved. It's on Hulu and stuff. It's mm. been it started off as a BuzzFeed YouTube thing, but it kind of gained traction and like networks have picked it up. They're it's silly, and they know it's silly, yeah. but they get paid to travel the if world. You tr- if you do with a sense of humor, that's one thing. One is like but a not- fervent. <laughs> non-believer yeah. this stuff shit is yeah. stupid and the other one is like come on we're having fun we're having so fun. it's cute huh. as long as they but but most of these, it's I entertainment mean, yeah. yeah you know how i feel about that i think it makes us dumber and it, it leads us to believe things that are or it helps lead us to believe things that are nonsense and that's proven as we know now incredibly dangerous oh yeah it's the it's the greatest time right now to be a scammer it sure is. is. Yeah, it true. really is. Very good. Price sent fellow investigator Harold Dennis to the island of Man to look into this whole talking mongoose business. Dennis interviewed everyone on the island that, that had heard about it or had talked to Jeff. He even sat down more than once and, and talked with the Irvings. Numerous times he did. Dennis did not see anything tangible during his investigation at the Irvings farmhouse, but he did hear Jeff talk. Oh, wow. Here's, here's from Dennis. Quote, we, meaning Dennis and the Irvings, sat and talked until just about 11.45 p.m., and as nothing had taken place, I suggested making my way back to Glen May. I guess where he's staying. Just as I had shut the door of the house, we heard a very shrill voice from inside scream out, Go away! Who is that man? Mr. Irving gripped my arm and said, That's it! So they're all, they're all night when he... Leaving, suddenly he hears Jeff speak, and James yeah. Irving says, Okay, well, now you heard Jeff. Dennis... It was Vora in the room. At the uh, same time. I don't know. Dennis also <laughs> got the whole poltergeist routine that we heard about, right? Uh-huh. He wrote, quote, shrill screams accompanied by terrific knockings, loud bangs emanated from all parts of the house in quick, in quick succession as if the perpetrator moved with lightning speed. The bangs appeared to come from the roof, Mr. and Mrs. Irving's room over the kitchen and on the staircase. Still quoting, the noise continued for about 15 minutes, culminating with tremendous bangs as if something had been thrown with a great violence upstairs. So we went again to Vara's room and found that a heavy chair, which Mrs. Irving had, had put on the staircase covering, had been flung from his place and fallen partly on the bed and partly on a chest of drawers. Drawers, I think in he means in Vora's room. Still quoting, Vora, who was awake, said, oh, it's only some more of Jeff's tricks, but did not appear at all perturbed. End quote from Dennis. Mm-hmm. He came away believing in Jeff. He reported oh instances. He felt that it just would have been impossible for Vora or another family member to have done the things that he said he heard and, and, yeah. and, and saw or, or make those screeching sounds, the sounds he heard. He thought those were just like sort of inhuman, I guess, mm-hmm. or tossed the object in the room. He thought that was impossible. I'm not saying he's the least yeah. gullible person. Yeah. His certainty, again, was based mostly, it appears, I, I read his discussion on running up to Vora's room and seeing her in there and going, she could have done that. I am stumped. <laughs> he, he'd say often the door would be, quote, securely fastened. Oh. You mean, okay. okay case closed. You mean closed? <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff's shenanigans continued for years. Fast forward to 1935, and a guy Damn. named Rex Lambert He's the editor of a BBC magazine called Listener. He became interested in the story, and he got Harry Price to, again, go look. And he said, "You go back down there. Go back, go yourself this time and look into this thing. I'm going to go with you. Price, again, got Harold Dennis to go, 
and then Price and Lambert said they'd join him, Dennis, on the island. So, and James, the father, James Irving, he had at first been reluctant to let Price even set foot on his farm's land and in his farmhouse. He said he wasn't going to do it. He said Price was, quote, wore his doubting cap, unquote, <laughs> and he felt that Price's presence would, quote, put the kibosh on the spirits. So it's one of those classic psychic things like, uh-huh. hey, if the non-believer comes here, it won't manifest. Yeah. Kind of thing. That's what James said. So James didn't want Price to be there. He finally relented, though, and Price, Dennis, and Lambert arrived in July of 1935. Awkwardly, it seemed Jeff had recently gone on a walkabout, I guess, because he mm-hmm. shortly before they arrived there, about a week or so before, he disappeared. He stopped talking. He stopped manifesting. Maybe the family suggested he was still in the house, but he's just listening. Yeah. He wants to hear these people and see what he thinks of them, trying to figure out who these new people are. That's what they they told the investigators there. So Price goes, you know what? Let me reason with this talking mongoose. Quote, I pointed out that we had come a long, long way on his account and that we were entitled to some manifestation. A few words, a little laugh, a scream, a squeak, or just a simple scratch behind the paneling. I even invited him to throw something at me, but all to no purpose. Jeff was definitely not in a talking mood, end quote. Hmm. So Jeff wouldn't oblige. No matter. They continued investigating, and Dennis, at this, this time around, he got a sample of Jeff's supposed fur, and he had it sent to the Zoological Society of London. More about that in a minute. He also got a plaster cast of what James Irving said was Jeff's teeth and claw prints. So he made a little plaster cast, and again, he sent those off. He sent those off to the Natural Museum in London. More also about that in a bit. Price had an artist come over. His name is George Scott, and he, he drew a sketch from the family's descriptions. We'll put that on our social media. But when Jeff was shown the sketch, he was, which I don't know how, I yeah. guess, I, I, later on, I guess, he was pleased. He says, I'm, I'm sorry, he was not pleased. He said, that ain't me. Looks more like a llama. Oh. End quote. <laughs> which it does not at all. It's a very bushy-tailed, short-legged, squirrel-like thing with big-ass eyebrows. Does not look like a llama. Huh. And it does look a little bit like what they had described Jeff yeah. for. So he was just being kind of a dick again. Price and Richard Lambert would eventually publish the story in a book called The Haunting of Cashin's Gap. That was, I think, the name of the area of the farm or something like that. A Modern Miracle. I'm sorry. The Haunting of Cashin's Gap, A Modern Miracle Investigated. It had a kind of like a, you know, we're not sure. Jury's still out kind of theme to it. But it did treat the subject very seriously. Richard Lambert, you have probably never heard of. You heard of Richard Lambert? Uh, the name actually does sound quite familiar. Really? It's a common name. It's well, okay, then fuck then no, I haven't. Yeah. <laughs> you haven't heard of him. No okay. one's heard of him. I've never heard of him. No one has. I don't think his family has heard of him. Okay. Uh, maybe they have. He would later predict, quote, television won't matter in your lifetime or mine. So <laughs> sure. he wasn't a, he wasn't a prognosticator. At the time though, he was, you know, a, a pretty big deal. He took himself seriously. He was taken seriously. When a retired colonel, though, found out about his investigations into Jeff. He called Lambert, he said Lambert was, quote, off his head for taking Jeff seriously. So Lambert sued him. Oh. It was known as the Mongoose case. He won, and he got damages worth 7,600 7, pounds, Damn. which is a fair amount of money in 19, wow. like 1936, something like that. Yeah. It's not a, nice not a bad chunk of change. change. Another investigator, by the way, contemporaneous with these guys, his name was, with Prince, with Price, rather, was named Nando Fedor. He was associated with a group called the Institute for Psychological Research. 
a, a again yeah. at the time a fairly serious institute that was looking into psychic matters. Well, that wasn't Harry Price's. He um, Fedora was was Harry Price was sort of loosely affiliated with them, but oh, Fedora okay. was, was like an official with them. Okay. I, think, I think he Fedora went to the Isle of Man. Also, he was there about a week. He saw and heard absolutely nothing whatsoever, and he was less forgiving in his report than Price was in his book, and he pretty much dropped the case. He never talked about it again. It is weird that some people see and hear nothing in others. Yeah. Well, you, 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 kinda, you probably see a pattern of who's not seeing anything and hearing well, anything. Well, but wouldn't they put on a show for... You would think, unless, it, unless if, you're worried about... If well, we'll it's get a to hoax. That. We'll get to that in, in, in explanations, which is right now. So... <laughs> What the hell was, Jeff, yeah. the talking mongoose? Theories include a spirit or a ghost, a poltergeist, which is a kind of spirit or a ghost, but a little different. Yeah. Only this poltergeist talked, which they never do. Right. And, uh, or maybe a mass hallucination or some kind of mass hysteria. Maybe some people think he was a possessed animal. Some people think it was attention getting from Vora or some form of a hoax along yeah. that line. And if we're being fair, he could have been... A, been a magical talking mongoose. Sure. Yeah, it could have all so, been true. Let's look at let's go back and, and re-look at some of that evidence we talked about, some of the the, the samples and, and such. The first samples that Dennis acquired were tested and they were shown to be from a any guesses? Cat. Cat. I have one cat. I have uh, rabbit. You have rabbit. Aaron says mongoose. 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 Plural of mongoose. The plural of mongoose. <laughs> In our as mongoose. we know. It, that would have been very, yeah, if they could have got their hands on a mongoose, that would have yeah. been smart. Turned out it was from a dog. In fact, oh, it's almost wow. certainly from the sheep dog that the family owned. Oh. <laughs> so they, okay. I guess James like, hey, this fur is from Jeff, and it's his sheep dog's really fur. Really, because so. Lucky is right over there, and it looks <laughs> a lot like his. But okay, I'll, I'll send it away to be tested. The paw prints, and the, they were much harder to determine. The Natural History Museum could not match them with any animal that they knew about. Huh. They did, however, say they did not match the teeth or the spore of a mongoose. Right. So they said these are not mongoose. These, these claws and footprints and teeth, are I don't not. know what they are, but they ain't a mongoose. They bro. could have just been made by the people, right? They very I much mean, could have been. Yeah, not an actual animal. Very, very likely. Jeff's supposed footprints also were very smooth, oddly smooth, too smooth. Yeah. Mm. Animal prints have texture. They have ridges and irregularities, but Jeff's prints were just yeah. pristine. So they thought, the, the museum thought, okay, it, somebody must have carved something, even sanded it down, and yeah. then put these print, you know, made these prints. That's what they yeah. were pretty sure, because yeah. no real animal would have prints that smooth. There were quite a few pictures of Jeff. You think that would be great, right? That's good evidence, right? Yeah. I've looked wow. at all of them that I could find. Yeah. And we'll, we'll show some on the social media again, but they're all very blurry, very hard to make out. It's anything, let alone a mongoose. Some look vaguely like kind of cat-like or squirrel-like. Some don't look like anything. One, we'll, ha we'll for sure put this one on. It looks exactly like a hand-drawn animal, almost kind of Wolverine-like. Like this, or, And it's, <laughs> it's standing on a board over kind of a big hole in the ground. It, I mean, it clearly looks animated to me. Yeah, I, It's funny. not even that good. So I'm a little confused. Of course, Jeff could have been a run-of-the-mill ghost or a spirit, and just in kind of an animal form. Remember the first name was the Dolby Spook, and the, and the family thought originally it's some kind of a ghost. Right. There were some eerie rumors associated with the house, even before the Vikings 
I'm the Vikings, even before the Irvings <laughs> moved there in 1916, probably before the Vikings too. Yeah, probably. The Vikings passed along some really scary stories. Supposedly, men men digging near the house found an urn buried beneath a flat stone slab. And if that doesn't say ghost, I don't know what does. A young hunter was in the area there, and he once chased a rabbit into a hedge near the house. And when he tried to kind of reach in there, I guess the hedge, and get at it, he said he felt this inexplicable fear come over him on a force as if pushing him away and he ran home all the way scared mm-hmm. so and before jeff announced his presence but after the urbans have moved in they hired some repairmen to do some work on the house and they refused to spend the night in the house after one of them heard some odd noises that he could not explain so okay. is there some past there maybe but there's also anytime a house is said to be haunted a backstory of that house being haunted suddenly appears. Yeah. It pops up. Invariably. Yeah. Every time yeah. is in, as inevitable. So maybe that's what's going on here. Clouding the identification of Jeff, though, was, again, he was notoriously difficult to pin down. At times he said he was, a quote, a ghost in the form of a weasel, or that he was an earthbound spirit. But other times he acted like he was a, a corporeal thing. He said, quote, I'm not a spirit. I'm just a little extra, extra clever mongoose. So right. he's, yeah. you know, he says I'm a ghost and I'm not a ghost. So there's the poltergeist thing. So if he's a spirit, he, he's certainly doing poltergeist-like activities. That's another potential theory. He's, you know, doing the banging and stuff like that. And if he if he was a poltergeist, there's some meat to that because he he does have some very traditional poltergeist-like things. Mm-hmm. It's the banging and, and throwing stuff, right? But also it's the focus on a person, on a single person, usually an adolescent, very often a female. That's exactly the case going right. on here. yeah. He was very much focused on the adolescent Vora who lived in this farmhouse, the only kid there, the only child of things. Mm-hmm. She's lonely and isolated. You have to assume this is the perfect soup yeah. for Poltergeist to appear. She was usually the center of Jeff's attention. She was the one member who, quote, taught Jeff to speak. Yeah. He lived in her room. She had by far the most interaction with him. He has and a high-pitched voice. He has a high-pitched voice. Remember that temper tantrum that he threw when the family threatened to move him out of Vora's mm-hmm. room? That's mm-hmm. in that in the poltergeist case, that could be a little suspicious. Yeah. Notice also how Jeff was active pretty much for Vora's entire teenage years. So she was 12 or 13 in 1931. And by the end of the 1930s, when Vora's now approaching age 20, she's ending her teenage years. That's when Jeff kind of fades oh, away. Oh, he was there for that long. He was there for Jesus. a long time, yeah. Yikes. Did anyone ever so, evaluate Vora? <laughs> one investigator one looked into it and said flat out, yeah, no, I think it was a poltergeist. He said, quote, I am not like, oh, I'm sorry. He, he thought he was a poltergeist, and he said so in the presence of Jeff, apparently, to the family. And so he asked Jeff, you know, are you a poltergeist? And Jeff said, quote, I am not like one of those. He said he was more like a, quote, an Indian familiar so I'm not a what does that mean? billion percent sure what that is. Um, did anybody, you know, not a family member ever experience Jeff when Vora wasn't, I mean, literally not even in the house? I and don't. They know not that sure. I, not that was said so explicitly. Yeah. Like, hey, and, and the, you know, and here's strong proof because Vora was at school when right. we saw him. Not that I never read that. Okay. So okay. I think she was pretty much always in the house or near yeah. the house. I suspect she was always. There. So also, I mean that the least... familiar is like at least in like 
Wit- I've heard it is like a witch's animal. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Maybe so maybe that's he is. But an Indian, but like an Indian yeah, version. That's yeah. I guess but so. I don't know the word for Indian witch or if they have an equivalent. In, I don't know, know if they do or not, but that Probably makes sense. Lots yeah. Lots of cultures of the evil. You know, are the person who said shit. that? Are the creature who said that? Thought there's such a thing as an Indian familiar with that there yeah. is there is and if you know what I'm yeah. saying, which is what you're leading to, which is what I'm going to talk about now, which is Jeff was something much 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 more mundane. Right. Villagers would sometimes see Vora walking to the to school talking to Jeff, but the creature would never be they would never be able to see it. Yeah. It always oh it just scurried outside oh it just it just ran behind that bush over there that rock over there, but they could hear audibly hear Jeff sure. talking back to yeah. Vora. Uh, but again, always hidden behind a bush uh-huh. or a rock. So the obvious possibility is that Vora was throwing a voice. No, remember how Jeff's sounds went from scratches, then to hisses and growls, to pseudo speech, to outright speech. It's this evolution of right. the sounds it's making. And when the voice finally did come, it was high pitched and gruff. I think you alluded to that earlier. Yes. That's a lot like someone would do if they're trying to disguise the character of their uh-huh. voice. I think, right? You know, yeah. Just mm-hmm. kind of that. And a 12-year-old girl can't make her yeah. voice sound like a 30-year-old man. Yeah, so yeah. you sound gruff. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what a talking mongoose should sound like, but... <laughs> no one does. For his, his part, Harry Price, he did not buy the Irving story. In his investigations, he noted that the stone walls inside were, again, covered with that double-walled wood paneling that I said. He also noted that there was an unusual amount of airspace between the wood and the stone. He said, quote, this makes the whole house one great speaking tube with walls like sounding boards. By speaking into one of the many apertures in the panels, it should be possible to convey the voice to various parts of the house. So that's the kind of thing that could fool Dennis, who thought, oh, no, they were here, and then they came from there right away, you know. He also thought, okay, but I don't think it's any kind of a, you know, money grubbing kind of a thing. And in mm-hmm. fact, it's true that James turned down monetary offers hmm. more than once. And the family apparently never profited off Jeff at all. But Price thought, no, I don't think it's yeah. that money thing. I think it goes deeper yeah. than that. He would later write a letter to a friend, quote, the affair is susceptible to, of a psychological explanation. Mm-hmm. says the whole family must be mixed up in it, but there still remains the question of motive. The motive for the imposter lies much deeper than mere publicity, and that is what makes the case so interesting. Yeah. So he, he was kind of ahead of his time a little bit in thinking that there is some deep, deep psychology here. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how advanced poltergeist theory was by the 1930s, you know, because now it's it's become a commonplace that, oh, it, it, it centers on this troubled teen yeah. or whatever. In, ni- in 2001, so much, much, much later, a longtime friend of Vora's who had grown up with her on the island and was pretty close to her, she admitted that Vora was a skilled mimic and that she was a ventriloquist, kind of a self-taught ventriloquist. Oh, yeah. She enjoyed, she said, throwing her voice, and she often demonstrated it to her and other friends. Okay, yeah. The This kind of jibed with a contemporaneous report from the Manchester Daily Dispatch. So most of the reports was was pretty, you know, accepting of it but mm-hmm. one of uh, a reporter he noted early on a, a local reporter caught vora making noises that were supposedly from jeff so oh there's jeff noises and he saw vora clearly making those noises he, he looked to james the father and, and james quickly kind of said no 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 uh the noises were coming from somewhere else that wasn't i i heard them over here i didn't hear him from vora's direction where she yeah. is at all but the reporter he saw what he saw yeah. So she was caught at least one time. 
if you believe this reporter, this event seems to imply, by the way, that James and his wife were in on the hoax. I mean, mm. you think? They, well. I mean, again, they said they saw the animal many, many times too. So either they really are seeing something and hearing something, or they have to be very, very trusting of their daughter. Are are they in on the game? Or they just didn't want to? I don't know. Didn't want to embarrass her. They no. said they saw him. Yes. So. Yeah, you know, that's what mass hallucination or mass hysteria. I mean, right? She suggests yeah. here's what it looks yeah. like. Here's what it sounds like. Well, not sounds like she's using her right. mimicry voice or ventriloquism to do that. But here's what it looks like, and then they do have glimpses of this thing that looks like what she said yeah. it looked like. That could be true. I mean, who knows what was going on with Vara? Who knows? Vara, Vara, Vara. And again, it could be like you know, Vara is a little. Mm, well, maybe we don't want to upset her by saying uh, Vara, you're full of shit. Yeah. I don't know. Sure, maybe they felt guilty, or maybe they flat out believed it. I mean, were they That's farmers? Very maybe possible. they, maybe she was a little bit neglected, and they didn't spend a whole lot of time with her. So, so farmers they... neglect their children is what you're saying, Carrie? Yes. Okay, that's 100%. that's a maybe in terrible thing. Terrible thing to say, Carrie. Terrible thing. Isle of Man, they did. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, Isle of Man farmers are neglectful parents, is what Carrie and Emma are saying. <laughs> I find that detestable. They didn't provide her with the sibling. Wow, maybe like they provide. tried and couldn't carry. Like I so graciously did for my so children. So that's one way You're to look welcome. At it. You're just digging a <laughs> bigger hole, Carrie. You're a monster. <laughs> Vora never confessed to having given voice to sure. Jeff. And she lived a long ass time. She died in 2005. Oh, Over all what? those decades, she never would never admit it. She told a reporter in the 1970s, quote, it was not a hoax, and I wish it had never happened. If my mother and I had our way, we never would have told anybody about it. But oh. father was sort of wrapped up in it. It was such a wonderful phenomenon that he just had to tell people about it. Hmm. End quote. And she admitted that, or at least she said at this in this interview in the 1970s, that she wished that Jeff had never been there, had just left the family alone. Yeah. She claims by that. So all those possibilities are, it was a real Talking mongoose. Yep. As one. Too sure. I don't know. That's probably last on my list. Is it? I don't yeah. know. It's, it's in the middle for me. Really? <laughs> mm-hmm. Jeff, you're probably wondering, what happened to Jeff? Yeah. Where'd he go? Eventually, he go? the Irvings just learned to live with him. And it, after the Price investigation, it seems to have died down. But again, he, he was still talking to him once in a while for the rest of the decade. And But Jesus. by the end of the 1930s, he just seemed to kind of fade away and stop yeah. manifesting yeah, his visitations. Time to move on. Probably. Time to move on. Yeah, he's got somewhere else to go. They became less and less frequent, and then and, and then they kind of ended, and they're absent for World War II apparently because in 1945 the family finally moved from the farmhouse mm. after James died. Oh, oh, that's sad. Then tragedy struck. <gasps> Worst tragedy, because a guy named Leslie Graham moved into that farmhouse. Why is that so awful? You ask. Because the next year, in 1946, Graham claimed he shot Jeff dead. Oh, my no. God. <laughs> he showed off pictures to other people on the island of like a black and white animal looking very dead and said, boom, there it is. Shot him. Jeff's so, dead. Moving so on now. Yellow-furred Jeff became <laughs> black. Vora uh, saw the pictures and she virulently denied that the dead creature was Jeff. So I was like, okay, my good. Jeff. But Graham... <laughs> Said it was, he was done with the beast, and it was never heard from again. Uh, so maybe he did shoot him. That's or maybe hilarious. he had people knocking on his door every other day, and he said, I got to put an end to there this you nonsense. Go. exactly what happened. Stop that's, coming to my house. Jeff is dead. Yeah. Trust me. 
He's dead. Shot him. Here's a picture. Um, I think that's a skunk. It's Jeff. Trust He's me. He's dead. He's dead. Very, very dead. That is the story of Jeff the Talking You mongoose. know, you've been talking about Jeff the Talking Mongoose for I don't know how long. I thought it was going to be a little more whimsical than that. That's pretty whimsical. Y- yeah. He threatened to kill him a few yeah. times, but I thought it was pretty whimsical. Carrie is a talking mongoose <laughs> that lots of people took completely of, seriously yeah. for a very long time. Yeah. That's weird. the crazy part. Yeah. Hey. That's so many people believed it. They have the internet. It's like, yeah. Shit. Yeah. We hey. all like fucking dr- suspend our disbelief and think there's like dragons for an hour. There are dragons. Game of Thrones. Yeah. Emma still believes in Megalodon. So, it's uh, there. exactly. There was a house on our street that in the backyard, the parents yeah. clearly put a little house. And they literally told all the neighborhood children that little fairies live in this house in our backyard. Nobody ever told us it was just for fun and pretend. And you kids can come over anytime without your parents. Don't worry. No, <laughs> no everybody went along with that. All the parents in the neighborhood. Really? It was just. Did you a, believe it? You believe these fairies? Fact? Yeah. How old were you? 17. But <laughs> I, it was when I would come home from college, but I don't, <laughs> I don't know what happened to them. They didn't live there forever. Wait, so fairies how old were you? They don't live there now. How are we? Three, four, five, okay. six, seven, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. I mean, I'll say this. I don't remember those girls going to school with us. Oh, really? So maybe they moved before we went to school. I don't know. I don't know either. I know little about your childhood. I'll have to ask my friends <laughs> kept and relatives. it secret because it involved fairies, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what do you think, Jeff, the talking mongoose, Emma? It was probably... Mass hysteria. Just you think uh, a a little girl who liked ventriloquism apparently. Do you think the parents really saw it and believed it? Maybe the dad did. Yeah, the mom probably didn't. Because if she really was like, I just wish. Why are we talking about this? Yeah. (laughs) Why? Come on, guys. I think it was like we're gonna humor our daughter and the dad and the maybe the mom and the town got way too enveloped in it. Yeah, and it well, somehow spiraled the into father this huge got, took thing. It, apparently took it. He pushed it. Yeah. And he told yeah, the story. But, but he knew enough not to commit actual fraud and start yeah. charging people who are going to be pissed off when they don't actually. Maybe they, that. You know, and they also all remember, wanted attention. He also did not like to have people there who were actively disbelievers. Right. Yes. That's, yeah. that's very yeah. suspicious. Yes. So I think I the think, dad yeah. I don't think the dad believed it for long. What do you think? Anyway. It was more for the daughter. Yeah. yeah. I think so. I, that's yeah. if I had, yeah. But I don't come it. over here and look at it <laughs> to validate her <laughs> trust me. Yeah. For and, whatever and they, reason. And they kept it going for almost a decade. Well, yeah. that's the thing. They probably thought, oh, she'll she'll grow out yeah, of it. She'll move on to something else. She'll get tired of it and boy. Were they wrong on that? Yeah, one? yeah, they were. But why not? But why? I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I guess so. You can interpret them not wanting people to disprove it as protecting their daughter. Yeah, this if was they yeah. thought their daughter really believed it, don't but make her that feel crazy. crazy. Don't make her yeah. feel. But that implies that they thought their daughter believed it when she had to be the one doing throwing it. her voice. Yeah. Maybe she did. Was Maybe she. They thought yeah. that bitch was crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like she's uh, like talking to herself and she thinks it's something else. Oh my God. Just go think, along. You know they what? needed a sibling for her to sit down with her one day and, and tell her Jeff the Talking Mongoose was dead. Oh like, God. Like you yeah. told Emma her imaginary boyfriend was dead. Yeah. Oh, first he didn't love you anymore. And did yeah. the dirty work for you. 
he doesn't love you anymore. Thank you. And he's Thank like, you. he's dead. And I was like, what? He's dead. I was like, three. God, you're a monster. Jonathan, the imaginary boyfriend. I moved past it. We would have waited a few years before we told you your imaginary boyfriend had been murdered. She never said murdered. She just said dead. Yeah. I think the implication was obvious. Whatever happened to Nick and his mom's super speedy car? said a super speedy car. Who's Nick? Who's Nick? Nick was your child imaginary your friend. Oh my god! No, Nick. Yes, Nick. Oh, no. she's blocked it out. Who's Nick? I think it's Herbie. the drugs. Oh, Herbie. Herbie. Oh, dumbass. Who's Herbie Nick? had a friend named Nick. Yes. No. No. Yes. Who's Nick? Who's there, Nick? There was a Nick in there. I remember oh, Herbie. Nick was Emma's was uh, Emma's boyfriend. No, that was Jonathan. That was Jonathan. There was nobody yeah. named Nick. You guys made up Nick. Nick. Uh, we think so. Herbie. Uh, no, has, I think I think Herbie had a friend named. I think Herbie. We think, no, you're making that one. We know more about your child than you do. Yeah. Do you remember Don't his gaslight mom? me on this one, Harry. <laughs> Do you remember his I mom? know my own experience. <laughs> Who had a blue super sweetie car? Yeah. We were going to go to a party in Mexico. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, we were weird. It was as if I was the one who said these things. You also <laughs> wanted to go out west. <laughs> yeah. From California. Yeah. Kids, kids make <laughs> up <laughs> weird shit. And your parents can go along with it. And I think this is a case of we yeah. took it way I, too far. I, I think yeah, that's probably shoot. true. But I think that... Um, you know, uh, Vora, I think Vora was doing it 100% consciously. Mm. Just for something fun to do. She's yeah. just bored. Being and she, she starts making these sounds and making these tabs. And she figured out she probably just struck yeah. on, oh, look, I can make a sound here. And it sounds like it's over there because the weirdness of how the wood paneling was yeah. in their house. And she was a natural yeah. mimic and ventriloquist. And yep. she just perfected that. And, and it kept going. And then all of a sudden she's invested in it. Yeah. And now she looks like an idiot. She comes out, you yeah. know, guys, I've been fucking with you this entire time. <laughs> They're... So yeah. I don't, and I I think her parents probably did tell her at least that express belief in it to to again kind of assuage her. Yeah. So but so it's like yeah. I, they both could have said I know it's bullshit. You know what? I know it's bullshit too. But yeah. they they didn't. It ever just do that. went too. It just yeah. went too. Yeah. Snowballed yeah. into something nobody could like control yeah. past, past or, a certain point. It was a talking box. Once yeah. the parents said. Oh, I believe it too. There's no way she could go back. Yes, yeah, she right. made them look like assholes too. <laughs> Wait, guys, stop. Wait, <laughs> and they're like, wait. "Well, you know." We, so you believe that? Because I thought it was pretty weak. I thought it was obvious. I was clearly me. I mean, is that why you guys the bus? still haven't said that Penelope is not real? Because you don't want Penelope is a ghost in our attic. By the you, way, you don't want to disillusion. I don't know if she is or not. We keep talking about her. I didn't make it up. <laughs> it, it was told to me. We. Been by Aaron and with, Jack. We've been agreeing with you that, that there's a ghost in for quite a long time, which is either good parenting or terrible parenting. I've been doing there. I have too many crystals. <laughs> <laughs> All I know is I'm not going to go in the attic ever. So There you go. Oh, so I'm yeah, going to say good parenting. I've been in there multiple times. That's Cobbles. weird. Why are you going well, in there? Dreams. Maybe she's... Uh, maybe, when the maybe, roof was leaking, I had to go in there. Maybe she's dead. Maybe maybe Penelope killed her. That's I will say if right we there. ever had... I, maybe I shouldn't say this on a podcast, but if we ever had a home invader, that's right where I would go. You yeah, because now a home invader listening to our podcast <laughs> oh is going to know where you're at. What? So not smart. And they have no idea where the access is. If I couldn't... in an odd place. If I couldn't That's good, Carrie. Now why don't you give a blueprint? Okay? Nice job. If I couldn't run outside, I'd go there. Well, that's the story of Jeff the Talking Mongoose. Hope you enjoyed <laughs> that. Until next time, if we're still right, here, because you know maybe what? we were home invaded and they've given away. If we had the Talking Mongoose, I'd choose violence. I'd fight him. You fight the Talking Mongoose? If he I said would, some whack I would shit like that. that talking yeah. mongoose. Oh he my said God. he was going to kill us. Yeah, I knew he didn't mean it. I would that know. That would force him in if know. they were lying about it. Like if Emma was like, that's a talking mongoose, I'd be like, I'm going to fight that mongoose. And then she couldn't, she'd have to be like, it was me, I'm sorry. No, I, she probably yeah, would, but I'd I wouldn't. start fighting the wall. <laughs> I would go with no, it. No, please don't.
Okay, well, until next time, please, um, I don't know, do shit. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> don't Call to action. Uh, <laughs> give us a good rating yeah. or, or not, but review us Ooh. on, um, and maybe I'll read your review. Follow okay. or oh, that's don't. Because right. I said I was going to do that. I need, to go, I need to go Sorry check some that. reviews. <laughs> All right, see you, you guys. like, leave a good review. If you hate us, leave a bad review. You know how it is. Yeah, not, not how you we'll say it. We'll still talk right? about you. Yeah, maybe. All right. It, it make it juicy, and I'll talk Ooh. about okay. it. Okay, there you go. Make it interesting, you know? Sure. Give us something no, nice. No, I hear you. All right, see you guys. Bye.